today's topic, What's the topic is, well, if you've looked at the title, then you know, it's about shaky hands and shaky voice and yes. trembling lips, which tend to happen when we're nervous. Yeah, I just, I remember, right? um, I haven't done that much public speaking lately, but I remember, uh, I guess I did that wedding a little while ago. That was yeah, funny. I feel like you've done a lot recently. Yeah. So Gregory was the MC, not the MC, the um, efficient. Efficient. That's right. Efficient. Efficient of <laughs> I swallowed a vowel there. Yeah. Um, of one of our close friends' uh, weddings, and yeah. it was in South Africa. No, it was in Paris, but it was right in the um, suburbs of Paris. Yeah, beautiful little beautiful town, little old sort of retired castle type thing. Yeah, an estate, an old estate yeah. that they've since. Um, you know, start using as a venue, a, a wedding event venue, space. event yeah. space, and I think mostly wedding venues. So um, it was, it was so wonderful, and you did an amazing job. Thank you, thank you. I did have a sheet of paper, uh, but, but but you were so you had practiced it so frequently and yes. so well that you were so aware of what was going to you know come next. Yeah, and the pauses that you added were for dramatic yeah. effect. I think some of this we'll probably get into when we actually start talking about the remedies for. Yeah. For shaky stuff. Yeah. So where should we begin? Well, I was just going to begin with an anecdote, which is that early on, uh, not, I, but my point is it wasn't that long ago. Okay. Um, I was, I, I would, I would have a pretty consistent issue where I would start speaking and then all of a sudden my voice, my, my throat would kind of like tighten up, yeah. constrict. Mm. And it's like, I can't get air out. And so it wasn't so much, yeah. and it would shake a little bit. So I didn't really have a shaky hands issue, but my voice would start warbling. Like, yeah, warbling. Yeah. Quivering. Quivering. And it's like I, it's like the air wouldn't go through. That's it was, terrifying, it, yeah, right? it's the most bizarre thing. Yeah. And, and uh, I could tell, and then as soon as it started happening, I was like, oh, everyone can know it. Everyone notices this. Right. That's the thing, right? When you we're know? in the moment and we're experiencing that minor trauma, you kind of think that, okay, well, everyone notices this as well. They can see that I'm shaking. They can see that I'm sweating profusely. And, and we think that the audience is experiencing what we're experiencing Right, in exactly. Real they're like, you assume that they're in uh, your head with you right. and freaking and out alongside you. Same thing with like a pause, right? Sometimes when yes. we're, especially during public speaking or even sharing a story in a, in a small group setting, again, another type of public speaking um, in social interaction, when we pause, we sometimes think, especially with the silence there, we think that it's even longer than what it actually is. Oh, it feels like forever. It feels like an eternity, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's all in the head. Okay, so you were saying so. So, anyways, the well, there's not much more to it other than that it was really, really hard. Once it started happening, it was like a snowball, right? And it started as a tiny little tremble. And as soon as I noticed it, I start focusing on it. And yeah. As soon as I focused on it, it exacerbates. Like, you the know, 90% more muscle constriction started happening. And suddenly I could barely talk. And uh, I was like, oh gosh, I'm just gonna have to sit down. And I'm trying in the time, I think the best I could do was um, I think I think I even might have told the audience, uh, excuse me. And and so I just really took a deep breath and like kind of coughed a little bit to try and loosen up the muscles. Right. Yeah. But I was I was tense for probably another one third of the speech and then managed to loosen up again. Was this in business school? I really don't remember the venue. Uh, was it in know, college? This might have been actually at a separate wedding when I was giving uh, a best man speech for uh, another one of my friends down in, uh, uh, what was it, South Carolina? You did a great job with that. 
Well, then see, that's the thing. In my head, in my head, I was, my voice was constricting and wavering. All right. Well, I have it on camera, so yeah. I'll check we'll see. it. We'll see. It's also really dark, though. The lighting was yeah, yeah. a little bit. But the point is, it can just be in your head. It, but whether it's in your head it or it isn't, uh, it's, it's definitely affecting you. And it's not a comfortable thing. Not at all. And, yeah. and a lot of it is um, psychosomatic, right? So you get the, you feel the, all the nerves build up and the tension there. And then it somehow starts showing up in your, your physicality, mm. right? So it's basically like, okay, I'm really nervous to speak in front of this, you know, huge group in this venue that I have no, I, you know, not experienced speaking in. And then you start, you know, building up this story in your head about how right, right, you're right. not good enough, you didn't practice enough, you're too nervous, blah, blah, blah. And then that starts showing up in our body. And so that's when the shaking happens yes. and the, the, you know, the air flows is not as, as um, smooth. smooth. So yeah. one of the most important things with all of that is centering yourself and trying to breathe mm. properly. And I'm yeah. not just talking about like, you know, in through the nose, shallow breath i'm talking about like the deep-seated breathing that we would typically find in like a meditation Diaphragmatic breathing. yeah there's a video about that yeah. check it out yeah. it's called project how to project your voice i will link it below because it's super relevant to yeah. right um diminishing well just mitigating the effects of the stage shakes so to speak and again right. it doesn't happen have to happen on stage it can also happen in a small group it can happen in an interview it can happen in a one-on-one on one sort of face-to-face -face setting. Totally, yeah. You know, now that I think about it, it's definitely happened in uh, even one-on-one -on -one interviews. Yeah, I I definitely course. remember situations where I'm in a room and I have to put my hands. So in that case, I do have the some hand, trembling. Right. I try and put my hands on the table to steady them. Yeah. And I can just hear my voice kind of cracking and, and, and wavering. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's always more apparent to us than it is. Ooh, just banged on my microphone. Um, to, than it is to the audience, right? Right. So if we can sort of get out of our own headspace, it really does help. The other thing I will like to, I, I want to say, and I have mentioned this before, is, so, okay, so the first thing is the breathing, right? And this is something that you can do before, during, after, but definitely before. Well, hopefully you're always breathing. <laughs> right. But again, it's the... Yes. Like, deliberate, deliberate. You know, hold, hold it at the top. Right, and right, then, right. And there's different ones. There's like 444. There's 777. Yeah. There's, there's a cool, there's a cool um, meditation app. It's like a meditation light app by a guy we like, Kevin Rose. Kevin Rose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you're watching Kevin Rose and his wife, Daria. You're awesome. We you're, love you. You guys are great. Yeah. We got a ways to go until we can... We just want to be friends with them. I don't know. They're like, when you listen to them talk, I mean, mostly They're it's so, just Kevin. You just, he's so humble, right? He's, he's yeah. very, humble. very humble. He's always learning. He's totally happy to, to, to say he was wrong about something. Yeah. Always experimenting. And the generosity of sharing like his experiences. Shares everything. And, he yeah. doesn't have ads on his podcast. Yeah, just which goes, is amazing. Yeah, it just So the right Oak app, it. right? So anyways, he's got an app. He, <laughs> he, he started, he was the founder of Dig, which was um, one of the early sort of social sharing uh, technologies on the web. On the web. So, anyways, he Kevin built, Rose. Kevin Rose built the, a really cool app called Oak, and uh, it's it's been on iOS for a while, and I think the Android, Android version yeah. is is available now. Um, and it's very relevant to this video because um, the uh, app itself does yeah. focus a lot on breathing. Definitely, yeah. 
right? Mm -hmm. and, and as you're saying, I feel like so much in life actually comes down to breathing. If you can master your breathing, I think a lot of other aspects of life, life start to fall into place, right? Yeah. If you get more oxygen to your brain, more oxygen to your muscles, uh, everything sort of works better. Mm -hmm. And by contrast, your panic mode, um, you end up breathing too fast. So you're not absorbing so the you're oxygen. So you're like hyperventilating. In shallow breaths, yeah. which rises, raises your carbon dioxide in your blood. And it actually significantly impairs your decision-making. Right, uh, and so when you're panicking, your body's optimizing for rapid movement. It's not optimizing for thinking. Right. Right. And so if you can control your breathing, then basically what you do is switch your body into thinking mode. Thinking mode. Problem right? solving. Problem solving. Yeah. yeah. Smart mode. Which, when you're talking to people, you want to sound smart. Right, and that's you want to be able to think. Right. You don't want to be tied to a script. Because if the script somehow, you you know, the papers get lost or you just lose your train of thought with the actual like memorization that you tried so hard to do, then you're, it's really, you know, life throws you a curveball that way and you just get all disoriented. Yeah. But if you can breathe, then you, you can, can think. Yeah. There's, there's, there's hard science showing that your IQ drops significantly when your uh, breathing is off just because your brain's not thinking the way it should. Right. And even, I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent here, but even something like when you get upset, right? In the heat mm -hmm. of the moment, we might say something that we re regret. We might behave a way that we are not proud of. And so if we can take the time to just pause for a minute and yeah. breathe, yeah. then we're not going to make any of those silly you know, mistakes that we might have if we hadn't. We need breathed. to do a live about um, uh, conflict management at some point. Yeah, we'll do that. That's we'll a good one. So, We're always thinking of these ideas as you do them. And of course, well done. don't forget, please, please let us know oh. if you're interested in any ideas as well. Yeah, and comment comment below. Go to the sidebar yes. with the interactive chat. Um, I know that some of you are watching this afterwards, yeah. which, of course, we welcome and we encourage. Yeah. So the first thing, right, is the breathing. breathing. Okay, and the deep-seated breathing. Yep. The second thing is to shift the attention from you as a speaker, again, in the public's speaking, setting, in the one-on-one, -on -one, in the small group, any type of social interaction and public speaking. So you shift the attention from you to the audience. Mm. So with a speech, you know, giving a speech or something like that, it's a little bit easier to sort of wrap your mind around because it's really about, okay, well, this is not about me. It's it, People didn't come to this talk to, you know, see what I'm wearing or see how my hair is or, you know, whatever, you know, physical or... Um, I'm always worried about my hair. <laughs> right. So we take the attention or even just, you know, do I sound smart? Do I sound, you know, whatever it might be that you're thinking about uh -huh. at the time. You take the focus off of you and you put it onto the audience, meaning are you delivering value to them? Are, are you there to share a funny story? Are you there to give them an informative talk? Are you there to persuade them to, you know, take better care of their um mental well-being and physical well-being. I don't know, whatever it is, right? But the point is you shift the focus from you to the audience. Yeah, I love that because um, when you're thinking about you, uh, you're by definition not thinking about others. And we're self-conscious about and we're it, right? self-conscious. Right? Like, oh, oh, like, and, right, and, and we start focusing on stuff that, frankly, the audience doesn't really care about. Most of the time, right? they don't even notice. Yeah, yeah, they, they're, not, they're not. I mean, and if they do, they're probably not your target audience anyways. 
And if they do, it shows that you're a human, right? You're not, you know, an AI or well, a sure. Robot there's there's or the human aspects of that too, right? You have faults and so forth. But the, the the thing I like about what you're saying is once you start focusing on delivering value, when you start focusing on the real purpose for why you're there, uh, that also I think allows you to focus on or, or sort of like orient your mind around. The, the content of your speech, Definitely. right? And you can start to articulate it more clearly. Um, it'll start to, if your goal is comprehension, then that that also will compel you to, to sort of scan the room right. and and determine if people are understanding what you're saying. And you to gauge adapt, their engage, right? If you're worried attention. about sort of, you know, the wrinkles in your shirt, you're not going <laughs> to be assessing whether or not, you know, Mandy in row two understood what you're saying, right? right. You're not going to be asking questions. Uh, whereas if you do focus on delivering this value, then everything you're doing is going to be oriented around that. And as a result, it's going to be a much better speech and the audience is going to be, um, more engaged, more engaged and just, uh, more, um, grateful. Right? Definitely. And then there's the interactive component that you bring into that. Like you said, when you're paying attention to sort of the response and the reactions in the room and you're, mm -hmm. you know, aware of the, the, the people that are there, essentially, you'll, you're, you're much more able to make it an interactive type of yeah. discussion as opposed to just like a lecture or something. Yeah. And so this goes for, you know, teachers out there, professors out there. Um, but let's talk about the, um, the, the interview setting. Sure. How, how would that, so we're talking about shifting attention from you to the audience. And yes. in this case, it could be one interviewer or multiple. Sometimes I, I've been in interviews where it's been like five people interviewing me. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely that would be a, a situation that where you're nervous and the psychosomatic reaction of, okay, now you're shaking, your voice is trembling, you're warbly, you're yeah. all of that stuff. Right. So what do we do there? So in, terms in, of in an interview, my favorite tactic there is because a lot of people I think go in with a bunch of rehearsed uh, sort of sound bites that they want to uh, bust out sort of over the course of the interview. And there's a video about that too. Stop memorizing your answers in an interview. Wow, I didn't know there would be so many overlaps in this. Okay, well, there you go. Well, you got a lot of videos. I'll link it below. Um, and, so and the so, memorization. Right, so people come in with these memorized sound bites and want to use those. Unfortunately, those end up sounding robotic. and Definitely. Uh, overly rehearsed. Yeah, overly rehearsed. I think the number one thing to do instead in an interview is to sound natural, yeah. right? And that sounds, of course, much easier to say than to do, but there's a great way to do it. And the, the goal is to, instead of going in there saying, okay, I want to talk about myself the whole time, the goal instead is you want to connect with the person across from you. You want to have a conversation with them. And as we started out saying earlier in this, a conversation includes listening, yep. includes reading the other person. And so I asking like questions. Asking questions, exactly, right? You want it to be a conversation where, because interviews, a lot of what interviews are, aren't necessarily specific to what you said. You know, if you come up with something revelatory during the interview, that'll be in your favor. Right. But I would say the number one thing in the interview is when they walk out, what is the impression they were left with? How did, that, how did you make them feel? How did you make them feel, exactly? And it, that often doesn't have to do with the specific things you say. It has much more to do with how you say them and how you made them feel during the interview. 
And if you're just sort of reciting a bunch of stuff robotically. That sounds amazing, let's say. Yeah, you, it may be Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if it's done in a way that's not natural and conversational, they're going to walk and be like, okay, well, I just felt like I watched a speech. And, right. You know, that's yeah, not going to work well if this person's in front of a client. Right. Right. So, um, and by doing this, and I like how you segued from the public speaking situation to this. Yeah. It's the same concept. By focusing more so on having a conversation and connecting with them, you take the focus off of you and, and, and you put the focus instead on sort of the, the content and, and nature of, of the, the interaction. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it just suddenly you're not worried about, are you shaking? Is my breath, you know, off or whatever it is. You're just focused on, okay, you know, I want to learn more about this person. I want to understand what they are interested in so then I can talk about what they're interested in and so forth. Honestly, like the shakes will go away once you breathe and also change, turn the focus, right? Yeah. Shift gears. It really does. So in the next, um, you know, speech you give or the interview you have or um, a group that you have with your friends, maybe like story time, I don't know, like storytelling. Anytime you are, you find yourself shaking, you yeah. hate your voice or your hands or whatever. A date too, you know, a if date, you think about it, yeah. a date might be the most, uh, um, uh, what's the word? Agonizing. Agonizing, right. Because a first date. A first date, nervous on stage. But if you're really nervous in a date, uh, <laughs> chances are, uh, you know, it's not going to go as well. Unless the other person's nervous too, then yeah, they might yeah. find maybe everyone's like nervous. endearing. Maybe. There's no question. Um, the more natural you can be, uh, the better time everyone has. Right. Right. And honestly, the, one of the best ways to do that is to really don't make it about you. And and again, it's about like dissolving the ego. Yeah. Right. It's really like you're not there. You're just there to you know maybe focus on that person for a little bit. Ask them about you know their hobbies or passions or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, of course that that is um part of work. part of getting the conversation going is um getting the other person to talk, right? Yeah. Um because uh that A it takes the focus off of you and B it ensures that um you're getting stuff that's interesting to them. It's tougher in an interview and a speech because <laughs> right. you're there to to do it. But um there's still opportunities to do that, right? Right. Um, I always like, I always enjoy the the speeches and the speech is almost not the right word. I would say to talk, a public talk. Yeah. Right. Because a speech really suggests that you're just reading off this piece of paper or you have some You're at memory. a podium. You're at a podium. Right. right. Where I, I, in my experience, the best talks tend to be the ones where they are interacting with the audience, making sure like, is this interesting to you guys? Like, if so, we can dive more into it. They're, they're taking questions during it. Right. Um, so in any event, yeah, that interactivity really has a, a broad range of effects, one of which is reducing the shakes. Right. Right. Definitely. And it, would you say that the shakes in the hands and in the voice are sort of the same thing? I think it definitely, it, the, the root cause, I think, is the same. I think same. so. Yeah. I think it manifests differently in everyone. And, yeah. And honestly, for some people, I think some people don't shake necessarily. They might start sweating. Ah, yeah. So other sort of physiological panic responses. Right. So. And these are psychosomatic because when we get nervous or we're, we're afraid or if there's a potential threat, right, that's very much um, a, a fight or flight mm. response. And right. if we're not fleeing, yeah. then we're fighting. And if yeah. we have to fight, then cortisol levels go up. 
cortisol levels go up. Sorry, like, IQ goes well, down. Exactly. And then we just have to sort of yeah. you know, figure out what to do. Actually, uh, on that topic, the best boxers, because yeah. I'm thinking about fighting, right? And yeah, you'd assume when you're in a fight, right? A boxer has to keep their wits about it, right? Boxing is actually very strategic, right? You have to be, you have to be smart about it. And so um, the best boxers do not get into fight mode necessarily wow. when they're fighting, right? What do they get into? Instead, they center themselves, right? And so for mm. them, it's not a situation where your cortisol is up. They go into a boxing match the way, you know, a cyclist would go into, wow. uh, you know, the Tour de France. Wow. <laughs> um, where it's it's much more about, okay, I, you know, instead of um, how is my body going to perform today, it's more so okay, here's my strategy. This is what I plan to do. And, mm -hmm. you know, in round two, I'm going to do this. And I sound like I know what I'm talking about in boxing. I don't know much. I just heard a few interviews. But you're an athlete. So you, it's, 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 you know, part of that is yeah. the prep time that goes I know in enough. I know enough to know what like kind of headspace they try and get themselves yeah. into. And the point is in all these venues, whether it's public speaking, whether it's a date, whether it's getting in the ring, um, it's all about framing the mindset yeah. in a way that uh, allows you to approach it intelligently, right? And uh, naturally to, to sort of perform at your best. Your best. Um, and so, uh, right. And so I think a lot of that has to do with, because I think we haven't necessarily touched on this quite yeah. yet, is, is the preparation ahead of time. Definitely. Okay, so prepping ahead of time, the recon aspect. Um, well, it, it really depends too, right? What kind of... Um, situation you'll you're you're going to find yourself in that might be the cause for worry or the the root cause of the shaking or whatever type of anxiety that will come from that interaction. Yeah. So let's say if it, if it's a speech, um, or no, let's let's not even go to speech. Let's say presentation. I'm imagining you know a college or a university presentation right. where you know the classroom you'll be in. You'll know you know the audience. Yes. These are all really good advantages that you should work, uh, that are actually working in your favor. So the first thing is if you have time to just go into that classroom, go into that space, walk around, get a feel mm. for the room. Because a lot of times, well, when you're a student sitting in your in your desk or in the t table areas, right, You it's very different than being up at the front of the classroom yes. like the teacher would be. Different right? view. Different views, so you definitely want to get a feel for that. So walk around, maybe imagine people in the seats. Yes, right, definitely, and and just sort of you know pay attention to maybe like thinking about like locking eyes with people and and not just you know glazing over them, like looking at the their space foreheads. that you have to move around. Right, the, like yep. are you going to walk? Are you going to pace? Yep. You know how much space do you have? Exactly. On what side of the screen are you going to stand if right. you're if you're pointing to a presentation? Right, and so the AV, making sure that that would work. Ahead yeah, of getting time. familiar with the tech. Getting the tech familiar. always goes wrong. Oh, always yes, it does. You always have to recon ahead of time yeah. with that. What does it feel like to hold the um, the laser? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The point clicker in your hand. What does all it look these, like? Yeah. Yeah, all of these things. So if we can do as much as we can up front without you know, rushing last minute to try to frantically figure out what we're, how, we, how we're supposed to use the projector or the PowerPoint. Yeah. Do that as much as you can because it definitely will diminish your Even getting um, into anxiety. the clothing that you're going to wear. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Well, that's the next level. Yeah. I love e that. Even getting into the clothing that you plan to wear that day can really help. The more you can make the uh, sort of the event, whatever it is, 
natural. The more you can like, make that more like a normal day, normal day, right? Something <laughs> that feels natural, the less can go wrong. Right. Is essentially the way it works. And the more confident you'll feel. The more feel. confident you'll feel, right? Yeah. It just it's it's the less different it'll feel, right? Our bodies are conditioned for um, repetition, mm -hmm. right? Because that uses less energy. That's an evolutionary tactic. Right. So the more we can condition ourselves ahead of time for that specific situation, the It'll more help. muscle memory will be at play and yeah. uh, the smoother it'll go. And I think a lot of people do think of prep as all they focus on is, is the, words. The, the words, what they're going to say. But there's so much more to that prepping process yeah. that if you can get familiar with. And if you can't get to the venue yourself, talk to the person who's hosting it, who's there. Definitely. Get some information from them. Yeah. Figure out what's important to know ahead of time so that the fewer surprises, true. right? Uh, the less yes. it'll be off. It's so true. Um, quick, quick anecdote here. So a couple of months ago, I gave a, a short talk. Remember, um, you were actually weren't there, but we. I remember. About it. Yeah. yeah. So the talk um, it was at a beautiful venue, and I didn't know I hadn't been to that specific venue, but I'd been to others like it. And so anyway, it was this nice like outdoor space, and. When I got there, it was, you know, still light out. And that was the plan. The plan was to have it be, you know, the, the first speech, which was um, my speech, was going to happen, you know, right off the bat um, after people did a little bit of networking. But it was supposed to still be light out. Well, I get... The first is you were the headline. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> it comes time to the speech. And they hand me a microphone, which did not work. Of course. So, okay. Well, that, all right. I was already thinking about projecting my voice, which really does come from the diaphragmatic breathing. Okay. So that was sort of addressed. The, the curveball though, was that it was dark out and I couldn't see, I didn't have a script or anything because I had already thought about what I was going to say and share, but I couldn't see the audience. So it was really sort of disorienting. Oh, yeah, I it was mentioning that. almost pitch black. And I'm I'm just seeing like shades of, you know, like, like a nose here and right, there, like right. a, a, amorphous an eye shapes. Yeah, these amorphous shapes that like was very disorienting. And it it lit it kind of threw me for, you know, it, yeah, yeah. it got it, me it by surprise. It threw me off a little bit. Yeah. And um I really had to center myself and you know, I wasn't shaking, but I definitely was um disoriented mm. because it was just this lack of, you know, like, it was, like you said, it was just like shadows, basically, like right. these amorphous, amorphous beings. And yeah. um, it was really interesting. But, but it's something to the point I think you're making here yeah. is that even something so small as that, that we don't even think about, right, that you, that you, you it's very hard to anticipate, yes, uh, can throw you off. And then once you're off, uh, you have to find a way to get back uh, on. So um, I think I asked a question and then so somebody spoke and then I got yeah. to see some, you know, some real people in front of me. Do you remember how one of the things we did, though, for your prep? Uh, I, I, I always enjoy it. Oh, yes. I, 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 I learned this. I learned this from um, Josh Waitskin, who oh, yeah. is the uh, uh, the character. Chess master. He's a chess master. He's a real person who uh, was also the uh, center of a movie called Finding Bobby Fisher. Yeah. So he was a chess prodigy everyone thought would be the next Bobby Fisher, And uh, he has a very interesting life. He now advises hedge funds and other high-powered sort of uh, high-pressure decision makers. Yeah, C-suite people. Um, to uh, basically think clearly using some of the tactics that we've actually discussed. In any event, one of the things he did when he was a kid uh, for his chess matches um, 
was that he would try to replicate, and this is very related to what we're saying, yeah. he would try to replicate as much adversity, possible adversity as he could, yeah. right? So um, anything that could anything potentially could go wrong, off. like he so, he gets someone had to smoke a cigarette, like blowing cigarette smoke in yeah. his face. Have the band come and play? Yeah, bands playing, yeah. loud noises, <laughs> like flashing lights, getting heckled, getting maybe heckled. You know, booed um, off the. He'd have his stage. opponent like like when he's practicing, kick him on the, on the foot, right? Anything that could possibly go wrong to distract him. So I tried to, to prepare. To prepare. So yeah. I was when she was practicing her speech, I was doing cat calls for the audience and you know <laughs> waving my hands, he dancing, making noise, and, trying to distract. And her. that it was so hard to yeah. to. Um, it was great. Well, because I just wanted to laugh. I mean, I yeah. thought that was hilarious. You were yeah. just really uh, making me laugh, but uh, it worked. But the thing that we did not recon for was the was the you know lack of light. Lack of light. So yeah. now um, we know in the future. Now we know in the future, and honestly, like, what would be the advice there? If that, if the darkness throws, I mean, that's so. Well, I don't think you prep for those specific scenarios, but I think what you do is you go in saying. It could happen. I, yeah. So what I've done is prepped as much as I can prep. Right. And. The rest uh, is going to be live performance. Chances are things are, in fact, I'm going to assume that things are still going to go wrong. Right. I've prepped for a lot of them. There are going to be more that are going to go wrong. Right. Right. And so but, what I've done is I've prepared as much as I can prepare. Yeah. Uh, the rest is fate. Exactly. And let's just assume that a few more things can go wrong. And when they happen, I'll handle it. It'll be like, ah, yeah. I knew something was going go yeah, wrong. There fine. it is. But I always love that. Sometimes I like when those little things go wrong because on like it just shows like because so if that were to go wrong, if something were to go wrong, then it's like, okay, well, the rest of the speech is gonna be great because that thing already happened. Totally. So it's like, okay, well, now that we got, got that, that, we got past that. Yeah. Now You're it's totally just right. Be yeah. Fine. Sometimes if the mic's not working. And yeah. you like click, like, click, oh, click, and then the audience laughs. Yeah. And immediately everyone's more relaxed. Exactly. And it's just that then the rest of the event or the speech will just be so much. I feel like that's a fourth strategy. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the fourth Let's strategy. Let's do it. Here. Let's do it. A fourth strategy yeah. is Expe something, no, 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 yeah. doing something goofy, oh, right? Oh, yeah. That's just good. like having something go wrong. Force, basically, if even a tiny thing goes like, wrong, welcome it. Make, it. make a deal of it. Make a deal of it, right? If you sort of tripped over yourself a little bit, Make a deal of it. Get everyone laughing. Yeah. Like you've already made a mistake. So this was never going to be perfect. It. This isn't a piano recital, right? right. And like, even if it were, it's I okay mean, if something goes I had wrong. a piano recital where um, my uh, my uh, piano teacher was turning the pages and he was so nervous. He was so more <laughs> nervous. I, I wasn't nervous. Yeah. And he threw my paper on the ground by mistake, yeah. like the, the notes, because he was shaking. My piano teacher was oh, shaking. Geez. I was like seven years old, maybe. It was shaking. And it flew on the ground in front of everyone. There was a huge gasp from, from the audience. I, can imagine. I I picked it up. <laughs> I leaned over. I picked it up. Put it back. He's on probably the stand. freaking out. Yeah, he was freaking out. Yeah. And um, continued. And I was just like, amazing. Whatever. Amazing. Yeah. So so embrace embrace, embrace it. When, it happens. When things go wrong. It happens because that humanizes the situation. It decompresses the tension. And it makes it fun too. Yeah, it's live performance. Yeah, yeah. And it reduces the stakes. At that point, something's already going wrong. Something another thing goes wrong. What's the big deal? You know? Part of why we wanted to do these live streams, by the way, is because you know, we have our lessons that obviously there's a lot of thought and the editing and the, all that stuff that happens. Um, these these nice packaged lessons for you guys, but we all which is really important. But we and when you have like a specific thing that you mm -hmm. want to learn, but then we also wanted to show a little bit of our personality and our you know, the authenticity that we really want to share with you guys. 
And honestly, just, you know, if something goes awry in the live stream, like we had a call the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it happens, right? Uh, I just, wish I knew the episode we could point you to. It's hilarious. And it's just fun. Yeah, it's yeah. just fun. So. Uh, Wait, we have a little shout out here. Yeah, they're just saying Merry Christmas. Oh, it's communication coach Alex Lyon. Oh, Alex Lyon. One Hello. of my favorite channels. Definitely check out his yes, channel. Yes, yes. Awesome Please stuff. watch Alex Lyon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can find it over in the channel, um, suggested channels that Big I inspiration have for on us. my page, for sure. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry yeah, Christmas. Um, so speaking of which, yeah. uh, I'm having a blast, but oh. I want to be respectful. We have a chef in the other room <laughs> who needs our help with Christmas prep. Yeah. And so um, I so think- we, should do. we just have way too much fun on these We should bid, bid everyone adieu. Okay. We'll bid um, you all. Edelweiss. Quick recap. Edelweiss. Edelweiss? Edelweiss. Okay. A quick recap. Um, so breathing, breathing, and not the shallow breath, right? right. We want deliberate, the deep, deep breath, seated breathing, intelligent, evoking breaths. Yeah, um, and really, and really hold it at the top, right? So when you breathe and you feel like you fill your diaphragm as if you're imagining a balloon expanding, then hold it at the top and then release slowly right. through the so mouth. Deep breaths. The second one is taking the focus off of yourself and putting onto the audience and put onto the audience and the topic, right? Um, dissolving the egos, you said. Dissolving the ego. Number three was preparation. Yes, and that doesn't just mean what you're going to say, but the the space and imagine. So, just off of that, um, really quick. So, let's say you're in an interview mm -hmm. and you don't know where that's going to be. Just try to replicate an office setting. Right, just try right. to be like maybe in a chair. So if it's a swivel chair, don't move around. Really, exactly. really try hard to think about these things. So it's the whole package of the, the whole performance. Package. And and also prepping for the things that go wrong, which ties into the fourth one. Even turn the lights off if you have to. Turn the lights off if you need to. Yeah, do it in the dark. Why do not? it in the do dark. It here, do it in front of the camera, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth one is when things do go wrong, because they inevitably will, embrace it. Yeah, embrace have fun it. with it. Yeah, yeah. Turn it into a... Uh, uh, an excuse to um, laugh a little bit, to humanize the situation, to decompress the situation. And honestly, that will make it memorable for the audience yeah. too. And I think if you do these things, um, you don't have to do them all at once and you can sort of gradually work them in. But as you do start to do them, you'll find that the shakes that you have, whether it's your hands or your voice, disappears. Yeah, they just, they, they, those don't happen anymore because the focus is elsewhere. Exactly. And you're prepared and you're prepared. your mind's in a good spot. And you're prepared that something will go wrong, you know, yes. and it's okay. 